0: Just a few short weeks, my wife and I will be celebrating our 23rd wedding anniversary. and I can still remember back to the days just after we got married, as we talked about plans for our future, the house we were just about to close on, my first teaching job I was just about to start, and we were so very grateful for the blessings upon our life. But we knew there was much more in store, for we had just begun our life together. Some of you may have figured out that my title for this week's episode was partially inspired by the song that was made popular by the Carpenters, which hard to believe was released over 50 years ago. In the song, Karen Carpenter sings about love, but a lot of what she sings about can equally apply to our faith walk. These lyrics aren't always the most remembered, but listen to these words from the song. Before the rising sun, we fly so many roads to choose. We'll start out walking and learn to run, sharing horizons that are new to us, watching the signs along the way. And when the evening comes, we smile. So much of life ahead, we'll find a place where there's room to grow. And yes, we've just begun. There's so many lines in that song that echo our faith walk. Roads to choose, start out walking, learning to run, new horizons, signs along the way, so much of life ahead. There's room to grow, I could go on and on. One of my life's mottos is that I never stop learning, and I truly believe that. It's so important to realize in life that nothing of this earth will be constant, and we must be prepared and willing to learn new things, to grow, to shift, to change, Author Roy Bennett, who wrote the book The Light in the Heart, said this, There are five important things for living a successful and fulfilling life. Never stop dreaming. Never stop believing. Never give up. Never stop trying. And never stop learning. If you listened to my last episode, I shared about how we tend to react to new opportunities, usually in one of three ways. We retreat backwards, we vow to stay put right where we are, or We Take a Step Forward, and I shared a little bit about some of the things that God has laid upon my heart to do. So now that I have all those ideas, now what? Okay, I've made some podcasts, so when do I stop making them? Whenever I feel like it? Once I get the devotional book that I'm working on completed and printed, does that just end that project? If I get inspired to write a few worship songs and maybe say they catch on pretty quickly, do I just take a break from writing? There's a danger sometimes related to being inspired or called to do something and then feeling that it's a a one-time thing or feeling that it has a definite end. You see, not everything that we feel inspired to do has a defined end unless we, in our human form, define it that way and put man-made restrictions on it. We think that once we've completed a task, we say, okay, I helped out, time to move on to something else. I did what I was called to do. The danger in that is that we compartmentalize or put our calling into a box. We often try to define it as a one-time event or something with a definite end date, or transfer our calling or a purpose into a singular event, or we find ourselves excited for just a short period of time and then do just what we need to do. But it's no accident that we were called to be a part of this time and this place in history. You see, God wants to do big things through us in the here and now. And it's not just one thing. And it's not something that's necessarily started in this time or even ending in this time. Think about this. Throughout your life, how many tasks do you start and finish? For most of us, it's literally thousands of different things. We start things, we end things, and though individual projects or jobs or tasks seems to end, our life's work continues. I think it's important for all of us to have a mission statement for life. A personal mission statement can help you identify your values and your goals, defining what matters most to you and who you are. It makes decision making easier and helps clarify whether the decisions you're making align with your core values. My mission statement is this. I want to be genuine in character and action accepting of abilities, beliefs, and opinions, and excited about what I do. I have a big goal in life not to be judgmental, to be accepting, to be honest, to be loving, to be joyful, to be excited. So why do I share about mission statements and about those things? Well, Because when we finish a task we are called to do, we are fulfilling our mission, but we are not finishing it. Again, we are fulfilling it, but we are not finishing it. Think of how silly it would sound if I said this. Well, I know what my mission in life is, and when I finish it, I will have fulfilled my entire life's calling, and my mission will be complete. But so many times, so many of us treat it that way. I remember talking to a retired teacher friend of mine several years ago, and we reflected on her long career in education and how she was now enjoying the time of Setting her own schedule, traveling, and all the things she didn't get to do while working full-time. And then she told me about all she was doing. Volunteering, helping at a food bank, leading a church, helping with duties for her grandchildren. And she said these words that I often hear from folks when they retire from full-time work. Gee, I'm busier now than I was when I was working full-time. Well, in her case, it's because she loves people. You see, you would never find a moment when she didn't have a smile on her face or a laugh to share with you or an encouraging word to give. She was called for her vocation to be a teacher and to help educate young minds by being a light and a joy in their lives. And now, in a different stage of life, she's continuing to show love and joy to others and fulfilling her calling. You see, her job as a teacher might have stopped, But her calling, her mission, didn't end. It's the same for our faith walk. And it doesn't matter if you're new to it or you've been a believer for a long time. No matter what stage of life you're in, even if you're a new Christian and young in your faith walk, or if you're a mature Christian, and regardless of even if you're a believer or a non-believer, we all have a calling to fulfill. Regardless of where we are, we've only just begun. Because there's so much more ahead of us. Think of it this way. There's a high school basketball team, down by 20 points, but still fighting for the win. They're getting to the closing minutes of the final quarter, and people in the stands just get up and start to leave because they think the game's over with such a big margin. But then the coach calls a timeout, brings them in, and reminds the team of this. The game isn't over until the clock says zero. And there's a lot of truth about the coach's statement. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish, and even if you don't know when the end is going to come, how you play the game. You should never give up, and you should never act like it's over. The Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint. Listen to that again. The Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint. What God has called you to isn't a short, quick race, and it'll often require endurance if we're going to finish well. So if we're called to something new or if we're part of a ministry or an activity or something else, how do we see the bigger picture and not just view what we're doing as a task with a defined deadline? It's even more than that. We all make daily decisions that affect our own lives and the lives of those around us. It's not always easy to know what decision to make and think about all the consequences of making that decision. And that's where having the right perspective can make all the difference. Too often, we focus on the here and now and a defined time, or we say, what's in it for me? But in reality, we should be looking at the bigger picture, looking from an eternal perspective. I remember reading once about a Christian songwriter who had just finished a big project and it was release day and you know, they were celebrating this new worship music that was coming out and and he was interviewed about it. And he said, so it's coming out today. What are you going to be doing on release day? And he said, well, I'm going to be in the studio writing because he was ready for the next project because he knew that calling on his life to write music wasn't done with that project. How you look at something often defines the attitude you will give it. How many of us take on a task, especially one in ministry, and end up doing it begrudgingly or just because we feel like we have to? It affects not only how you do what you do, but your actions, your words, and your interactions with others. And looking at the now, or the temporal, is sacrificing something today for the greater reward in the future. In our culture, our lives are continuing to speed up. We always seem to want to finish one thing and get to the next thing. Have you ever noticed that we're never at some place, but we're always on the way to somewhere else? Somebody asks you how you're doing, and you say, good, going to be starting a new job soon. Well, there's no talk of the good that is the present time. Or somebody asks what you're doing today, and you say, well, I'm going to be headed to the store soon. We're constantly hurrying in everything, and we let it affect almost every aspect of our lives. We even pick our restaurants many times. I do this based on how fast they can get us our food, and not necessarily whether it's what we want to eat or whether the food will even be good. How many of us would go there if they promised to take a really long time from the time we order until the time we get our food? Probably not many of us. I've had discussions with people who say they don't attend church regularly or won't attend church because of how busy they'll be asked to be. I just want to go do the service on Sundays. I don't have time to do things during the week or teach kids or help landscape or do the food bank. And those folks are looking at the short term. They're looking at the now and only the now. And to be honest, they're looking at their benefit in all of it and not the eternal benefit. Just attending church on Sunday mornings will never produce a supernatural intervention of God in our lives. He is looking for us to be obedient to his calling and aligned to his plan for our life. God's authority to overcome obstacles or move you forward is activated by action. Not just talk. We are all called to serve. When you accept Christ into your life, the walk is just beginning. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you've heard me talk about the process. And this idea is something that is so near and dear and relevant to me because I've lived it. Having realized that God is more interested in the process than the product in my life and in the lives of all believers, has transformed my thinking and transformed my faith walk because it allows me to focus on obedience, not perfection. The goal of perfection is only to point out how far I have to go, but obedience marks how far I have already come and allows me to see how much more lies ahead. The Bible routinely refers to the Christian life as a race, or a marathon, as I alluded to earlier. And just like in a long-distance race, growing in your faith walk requires patience. Hebrews 12.1 says this, and this is the Amplified Version. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight, and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. You won't finish this race in a week, a month, or a year. It will take your whole life. God's plan for molding you into the person he wants you to be requires a lifetime commitment. And there is no shortcut for that kind of growth. There's no earthly defined deadline for that kind of growth. I love how pastor and author Rick Warren put it when he said, Christian living isn't one big leap across the Grand Canyon. You see, we can't become everything we ought to be overnight, but we can move forward step by step if we're obedient to what God asks of us. And this is sometimes scary and frustrating when we want to feel immediate satisfaction or even victory. Think of this illustration. How many of you, when you go grocery shopping, scan the checkout lanes and count how many people are in each lane, and then once you pick a lane, you keep tracking the other lanes just to see if you really picked the best one. And then if the person who would have been you in that other lane is still standing in line when you're done, you feel like you just won the biggest victory ever. I know. Kind of a silly illustration. You know you all do it, though. But what I'm really trying to tell you here is that we can't let our spot in line, whether we beat somebody else or not, busyness, schedules, or anything like that, define us. We can't set always wanting to be first or always wanting to be the ones that complete things. We're not setting the schedule for our lives. Be encouraged today when I say this, from Isaiah forty thirty one. This is the amplified version. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. The central issue here is trust. As you follow the Lord, will you trust him to be faithful to his promises to you Even if it's not on your timetables and it dismisses all of your deadlines, will you cling to his word and still follow? If you're always in a hurry and setting deadlines for yourself and God's work in you, you might miss the very thing he's calling you there for. You'll probably miss his voice and his plan and the opportunity to grow where he's placed you. God calls each of us to big things for his kingdom and promises to never leave us nor forsake us, and to give us just what we need, when we need it. So let's take a look at the big picture. This journey through life is more than likely to throw you a few curveballs, but God is working out His good and perfect will on every believer. This week I challenge you to shift your perspective. Don't look at the just the, the temporal or the here and now but try to look at the bigger picture. Let's enjoy the ride. Savor each moment. Bask in his glory and take every opportunity to pray and learn and grow in him. It's time to step out, my friends, and we've only just begun. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on Cube.